Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Did You Watch The Race? This week, we'll be discussing through the thoroughly whelming Hungarian Grand Prix that just happened today. I'm Jason, and I've been watching F1 for the last 15 years or so. I'm Colin, I've been watching F1 for four years. I'm producer and social media manager Gemma, and I too have been watching F1 for four years. So, we're going to hop straight into it. Did you watch the race? Yes. Did indeed. It was a race. I agree. It was a race. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it too. I think the middle section was a bit meh, but start and end were good. It felt like a lot happened throughout it. But still kind of went nowhere or something. I, I'm not sure. Do you know what I love though? I loved the two to three stop strategy. I thought that was really interesting. The forced, yeah, because of obviously the conditions on mm-hmm. track and the tyres that they brought. Yeah, that definitely kind of shook it up a little bit. Caused a little bit of drama as well with yeah. the McLarens. But overall, yeah, it was it was an okay race. I suppose qualifying was interesting yesterday. Qualifying that was, was uh, yeah. the first time I've audibly shouted out a TV while watching F1 in... <laughs> probably two years so that was a nice change I think you're in good company there Jason yeah that was a really good qualifying session it was just a classic Hamilton lap of pulling out it was quite similar to I don't know if you remember Singapore 2018 where he nearly went out in Q1 and then like scraped through Q2 and then ended up putting on pole like completely out of the blue it felt very similar to that just a a massive lap from a from him at the at the death of qualifying Unfortunately, though, we'll we'll get into the race start itself, but it was unfortunate that he couldn't carry that through to today. But yeah, um, yeah, I also thought Danny Rick done a good job. I'm not going to say Shinoda is shit, but Danny done a good job to uh, qualify in thirteenth. Yeah, first race back since last since the end of last year. So beating your teammates is really all you can attempt to do on that uh, on your first weekend back. Like so, I think he did. And a good in a job. car like that, there's not really much else he could have been hoping for. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Perez was quite lucky that the Hamilton pole was so surprising that it didn't, it kind of overshadowed yeah. him getting P9, which was just... Oh, and also Russell coming in and going out in Q1. What happened there? They He wasn't happy with how Mercedes were, because Hamilton almost went out in Q1 as mm-hmm. well. They were basically running on an opposite strategy to everyone else, so they were constantly getting caught in traffic, where when they were on fast laps, they were coming into people on slow laps, and when they were doing their warm-ups, there was people coming up behind them on fast laps. So, yeah, I, look, I think... Bad timing coming out of the uh, box, like... Yeah, exactly. I don't I don't think there was much Russell could have done about that. Like, it did. I don't know if you've seen the clip of him starting his lap. Three cars streamed through him, and he's, that's what he said. He was three tenths down coming into the first turn just because he couldn't get up to speed, literally. So, yeah, I think it was unfortunate more than that to do with skill or year anything there. I don't think he had a bad qualifying. Well, obviously... Obviously, he did. He won. But as in, I don't think it was self-inflicted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Perez finally making Q3, only to stick at P9 anyway. Yeah, good job, Perez. Good, disappointing. I also thought the McLaren's done a good job. Um, obviously, still showing that their upgrades are doing really well. McLaren, yeah, seemed to have actually, you know, I wasn't sure after Silverstone if they were going to be flashing the pan sort of thing, kind of suited them. This is a very different track from Silverstone, so the fact that they're still competing at the thick end of the field is a really good sign for them for the rest of the year and into next year. I suppose that brings us on, yeah, then to the, the race. So, obviously, the Hamilton dream crumbled <laughs> coming Literally out of turn before, one. Yeah, exactly. Before turn one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of dreams crushed. I think Hamilton didn't seem to get a great start and Max got a better start than he's had for the last while. Max and then never seems to have like good starts. Obviously he had a good one this weekend, but like he never seems to have like fantastic starts. They're always like It's rap. a known issue with that car. Ah, okay. So they would like starts or something, they're a bit funny where not that it particularly matters for them, but <laughs> 
Like, well, yeah, when they're so fast, exactly. But the, like the kind of clutch setup, stuff like that, they might have to make sacrifices on that for the rest of the weekend and how the car performs outside of that. So that's why you'll see some cars aren't great at starting traditionally over the years. And that might factor a little bit into it. But yeah, he absolutely aced to start off what was expected to be the dirty side of the grid. And so did Piastri coming steaming through. Yeah, down the middle. Mm. Or not down the middle, sorry, in the inside. Yeah, picking off both Hamilton and Norris. Yeah, that was a great job from him. Um, did anyone else notice uh, Joe Ganyu didn't Sorry, didn't start? the <laughs> actual fuck? Like, in my few years of watching F1, I've never seen such a poor race start. Like, Yeah, because it didn't even seem like he just bogged down. It seemed like he just didn't start. Yeah, yeah it seems like he wasn't paying attention and the lights went out and he was like, oh, I better cut, put this cup of tea down. And uh, yeah. so he could have had better reaction time than that. <laughs> Oh, I don't think I could, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, like, usually when you see them having a bad start, it's that the car bogs down, but they're still trying to move. It just... There was no change in revs, nothing. He just, just kind of... Yeah. And that obviously yeah. set the pace for a series of unfortunate events around turn one. Yeah. And I was so excited. I was so buzzing for him to be P5. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> So obviously Joe got a penalty, a five second penalty for causing a collision. So I think he... Did he? I missed that. Yeah, he he rear-ended Sonoda or Ricardo? Uh, Danny, yeah. Danny Rick. Danny Rick. Danny Rick then kind of uh, bumped bumped into Ocon and then Ocon swerved left into Gasly. So basically both um, Alpines were decimated with him. The first turn. Maybe Joe was planning that all along. It's funny though, it's one of those instances where the stewards did the right thing. I mean, he made a very small mistake. You know, he locked up slightly going into Danny Rick, but it obviously had massive connotations then. But they're not meant to give out penalties based on the outcome of an mm-hmm. instant. They're yeah. meant to give it on the, the conditions, basically. Which I think they did a good job, like five seconds. Obviously, it seems like nothing for putting two people out of the race and it's just partially ruining Danny Rick's race. But, but you know, as in, I don't think he, he could have no, exactly. And it was completely unintentional mm. in its first turn. I, I didn't even seem like he was being that aggressive. I think just the, the car just got away from him. And in fairness, I think this year, the whole grid has been really good at the less... Leave uh, the space. First lap incident. Yeah, as in like, I remember a couple of years ago, there was, there was always incidents in the first turn. But this year, it seems a lot better. There's, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think this year they've, they've gotten a handle on it, or at least there's a lot less incidents mm. in the first turner. Well, that at least knocks one team off our list of reviewing <laughs> Alpine. Alpine, good God, yeah. Out in tur- or turn one, out in turn one, but out in lap one, retiring, both of them. It had some knock-on effects. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. that's back-to-back double DNFs for them, so... Is it double DNFs? Okay. Yeah, they both were both out in... Oh, fuck, yeah. Oh, God. That's pretty abysmal. So, and at a time when McLaren are obviously really starting to progress, and even you had Alfa Romeo this weekend being a little bit faster, it, these results are just not... Not what Alpine needed. Shit. No. Which I know was shocking to say, but... So, they'll be looking to get to Spa and hopefully do something. It's just been a massive egg on face year for Alpine all around. You look at Piastri that they let go basically. <laughs> oh yeah. Is Boston with McLaren. Alonso's been doing great with Aston Martin and they are double DNFing. All over themselves. <laughs> yeah. So they'll be yeah, one of the main teams happy to get packed up and headed off to Spa and not remember this weekend. Yeah, Jesus. Well then, speaking of Alonso and Stroll from Aston Martin, they seem to have an all 
tight race. I feel like they're really like being caught up on like at the start of the, the season. They were absolutely flying it as we know. And now they just yeah. seem to be kind of falling slowly back to the middle grid. Yeah, that's, that's what I was saying. Jason, you had an argument again last week. I just can't remember what it was. Well, I thought that this track was going to suit them a bit better and it still really didn't. I think, yeah, they've, I, I don't think it's that they've got worse. It's just that they haven't clearly improved as much as the teams around them. Like, yeah, you right. know, you look at the start of the season, you they were arguably the second fastest car. And now you have Merck have obviously outdeveloped them and are comfortably faster. McLaren are as well. Ferrari definitely are. And then given a weekend, you might have the Alpines or somebody kind of pushing them as well. So I think they've just really flipped back in that development race now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, obviously they haven't. Not that they've gotten worse. Yeah, you're saying other teams have developed very well. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the whole thing in Formula 1 is that if you're standing still, you're going backwards, you know. So Inflation. Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. They do apparently have a big upgrade planned for Spa. So maybe we'll see after that because they are one of the only teams that haven't brought one big kind of car changing update, you know. So, look, this is their first year kind of really competing and trying trying to maintain competition at the top end of the field. So there's going to be a lot of learned lessons in it for them. And, you know, this might be better for them for next year that they're taking their time with their upgrades. But it just, yeah, they have to take a bit of pain at the moment on it. But, yeah, I, I think they're probably the fifth fastest car now at the moment. Now that we've kind of seen the cars across enough different tracks, mm-hmm. they, yeah, they've definitely lost a bit of bit of pace to the rest of the field. Alonso still had a really interesting race. Like he had some really nice defending points thinking against Perez uh, more than once. And um, mm. we saw some some nice bit of defending from Alonso, which is which is quite nice. Always enjoyable to watch him. Yeah, him and Hamilton had a bit of nice mm. nice defending against Perez as well. It's nice to see them that kind of ilk of drivers, how how they do it. It's just so experienced. And on where to position the car yeah, to Hamlet get the most out of it. Yeah, defending done as well. Like when he was defending against Perez. Absolutely yeah. brilliant placing of the car. Really enjoyed that. I wasn't a big fan of Perez's overtaking. I don't know how he felt about it. I thought he kind of just resorted to running people off the road. Yeah, I agree. It was very yeah. aggressive. More than no, I, once. Definitely aggressive. I think the only incident where he definitely ran some off the road was Piastri. Yeah. But I, yeah. Like, again... But, I don't know. But like... And he was ahead at some point, so like... I mean, he... So, looking through my notes of how many people you overtook, like obviously he overtook Sainz, Russell, Piastri, Hamilton. Like, he did do a lot of overtaking. He was busy. But yeah, I agree. I agree with you, Jason, though, that um, there was definitely some dodgy... What was the race? It might have been about two years ago where Perez just kept fucking doing dodgy shit and he kept getting five second penalties. Was it Turkey a couple of years ago? Potentially. Might have been like 2021. I'm not sure, mm. yeah. But there was a... I don't think it's driving to this... I don't think it was overly aggressive. I think it was just the right amount of aggression. Like he was making overtakes. He wasn't contacting people. He was tight to them, but like... No, but... Uh, it just felt like he was... Bullying them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Which, like, no, no, he was still, uh, like I said, yeah, he didn't push any, or he didn't hit anyone, he didn't get any penalties or anything like that. He just was driving with a style that he will run out of road if he continues doing that. Because once people see that he's that one-dimensional, you know, it, that they will work around that. It, it just, there was, yeah, he was in a massively faster car and was still resorting to that kind of tactic. Mm. So, yeah, well, I, I just personally wasn't a big fan of it, but... Are the people that you listed there, he only ran one of them off the road? <laughs> Only, but still, like, but that no, like, but, but even but, in his other moves, he was still very aggressive with them. Oh yeah, he was definitely aggressive, but like, I think that was part of the race. Like, and also, 
I think when he overtook Piastri and he went off the road, Piastri did have an opportunity to pull out and he didn't. And uh, Hamilton, he didn't even overtake Hamilton. He'd done that in the undercut, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I believe so. And actually, just speaking of Perez before we move on, he had the fastest pit stop of this season. As far as I know, yeah. at 1.9 seconds, which is incredibly impressive considering the kind of changing in equipment and stuff like that we've seen in the last year or two in regards to pit stops and they're not as quick as they used to be. So 1.9 is incredibly impressive. I was just about to say that's the fastest pit stop since they've moved to the 18-inch rims, which yes, is that's what it amazing. Is. Yeah, that we're already back to that. It's mad. Yeah, I think the Red Bull pit team obviously practice like really well or whatever they're doing yeah. works so well. Yeah, they're just consistently better than everyone else you know as in McLaren were decent today and have been over the years Williams actually also have quite decent pit stops but you know you look at the like Mercedes and Ferrari they never really have those two second stops the sub two second stops like Mercedes are pretty consistently 2.5 to 3 I'm assuming there's some sort of risk factor in that that they decided it's not worth that you know extra two three tens if once every 10 pit stops you're losing two seconds over but yeah the the Red Bull pit team they don't get enough credit for the level of work they do and like you know it, it really helped Perez against Piastri today where he gained almost a second on him oh yeah definitely yeah mm-hmm. yeah like so on Perez then I suppose yeah we'll stick with Red Bull just get, it was an, a decent weekend compared to what he's done kind of over the last few weeks I suppose but I don't think it's still enough I agree he's gonna have to consistently do this and as you said Jason like resort to better racing tactics to get where he needs to be and also qualify better I mean he's still qualified p9 like it's not great in a red bull yeah 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 I think I'm not shitting I don't, sorry I don't want to shit in pairs I think he actually done a good race he had a good race this weekend like he obviously this isn't going to be enough for what five races of shit Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So like, he definitely have to go and do it more consistently. But I think this is a good first step. Yeah, exactly. He had to start somewhere, and he's got back onto the podium. It was great to see Perez on the podium again. And you know who it was great also to see on the podium again? Max Verstappen. <laughs> I'm gonna say Norris. <laughs> um, two uh, two. Well, I mean, P2s for him now. Before we move on, is there any comment on Max? No. Uh, no. Okay. I, cool. Th- there's on. nothing to say about him. Okay. Um, yeah. Moving on to he... McLaren then. Oh, okay. Oh no, sorry. Well, you said you can't you can't go to say something now. I have nothing to say yeah. about him. But about him. Sorry, Jason, go back to what you were saying there. No, I was just going to say, like, he had, he said he had the issues with balance with the car and qualifying, and that's kind of where that performance slipped. But that they're clearly setting that car up for Sundays. And look, he comfortably ran home, a 30 second victor, led from the first turn on. Yeah, and man. never looked back, never at all really seemed challenged. I remember actually at one point, I think, was it Crofty said, oh, Ferrari, you could be disappointed being ultimately 40 seconds off the race later. It's like, yeah, but everyone else is also 30 seconds mm. off the race later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. At one point to the, when the engineer was just like, just checking in. <laughs> like, mm. I was like, yep, yeah, cool. All good. Like, that was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like he's like on a commute to work or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, Literally. So, like, so casual. Yeah. So we had another McLaren podium this week, which was very exciting. We had Lando Norris finishing in P2, which was great. Absolutely deserved it. Fantastic, fantastic weekend from McLaren in general. I think Piastri was P5. 
Yes. P5. Also a great race from him. Like both of them were just not only, especially for Piastri, like not only was his attacking good, but his defending was incredible. Like, you know, he put up a good fight when it came to him and Hamilton. He just managed the race so well. I'm so impressed. He's just such a casual driver as well. Like even in any of the radio messages to him, he just sounds so nonplussed. Yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. he's so relaxed. What am I, what am I doing here, lads? Kind of, you know, when, when Norris kind of ahead of him, that was an interesting little interaction and a bit yeah. of a subtle McLaren are still saying, you know, we Norris. like you Piastri and you're good but yeah Mm -hmm. it's his first year like oh exactly yeah Um, just to look back on him his defending did he try and defend against Hamilton he did against Hamilton not that much against Perez mostly yeah sorry I think against Hamilton he basically was like you go through there lad nobody I think his tyres were fairly yeah yeah. he fell off a lot at the end there I mean he still like did what he could yeah, fair play to him. He actually had a good race. Yeah, yeah, a good race. But look, you know, I think I've seen a few comments online that yeah, McLaren are supporting Norris over him. Blah blah. And it's like, well, look at the result. As in, Norris still had more pace in that car than Piastri did. Yeah, yeah. So it was dead right. And I can see why McLaren did what they did as well because they were covering off Hamilton, which was closer to Norris at the time. So yeah, it was unfortunate for Piastri, but I don't think he'll have that much of an issue with it. I think it was also just kind of the thing that Lando had a very, very good outlap. He liked the hard tyres that he got on. He had a, he blistered around the, the track. And by the time Piastri had come out, it wasn't, I don't think it was that, I don't think McLaren had planned that. I think that was just yeah. natural. Yeah, exactly. I think they were reacting to Hamilton more than trying to get Norris ahead of, yeah, yeah, yeah like I you agree. said, yeah, Norris just, just nailed it. However, Ferrari definitely planned it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just the one thing on Lando, which I thought was funny, because his, um, Obviously, his radios are always really funny when he's concentrating and his engineer comes on the radio. Yeah, and he is so like, leave me alone, shut up. He gives me the impression of like a teenage boy gaming and his mom comes in to be like, dinner's ready. <laughs> yeah. Be like, mom, I can't pause the game. The funniest over his 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 radio uh, conversation with his engineer that towards the end of the race, he was getting really frustrated at the traffic, which is understandable because he had Paris hot in his heels. But he says at one point... Was oh, it the comment about yeah, people they, in sixteenth? Yeah, they need to get out of the way. They're not racing for any points. Yeah, I just really enjoyed that because it's so shady. Like, and it's where they were to start of the season. Yeah, literally, like, so. like you were not there that long ago, um, Lando. Remember, does remember your him, roots. Does that make him more uh, more able to talk to us because he was there <laughs> yeah. two weeks ago? It's one of those, it's a funny thing though, because you know, there's certain, as in people always get annoyed, say at Hamilton being moany on the radio and different drivers being moany. And it's like, it's just a factor of where they are on the field. Each driver reacts basically the exact same to most of the, most of what's happening in front of them and make the same radio messages. It's just whether it's getting played out or not. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Great weekend for McLaren and onwards and upwards for them. I'm very, very interested to see what they're going to be like for the rest of the year. Yeah, then Ferrari on the other end of the spectrum are I don't know is our McLaren taking whatever life force Ferrari had left <laughs> potentially I don't think they did terribly this week no they're just they clawed they're it just back. didn't have the pace they're just solidly midfield that's kind of it they, yeah they, you know they did have obviously the pit hiccup with Leclerc yeah which set them back a good bit but other than that they kind of had a very standard race and then yeah just back to again another making themselves look incompetent when Leclerc messaged or radioed looking about tyres and they were like oh we'll tell you after and he was like after what <laughs> like, yeah you at that the was end. a really weird yeah. interaction yeah they, I just I don't understand what like their their processes and how they plan everything out and the way they try to hide 
all their radio messages as well. Oh, like in code. Yeah, and it's like, lads, everyone knows what you're talking about. Like, it, you and know. no one's fucking listening and like taking notes from your strategy. Like, trust me. <laughs> yeah. <that's fair. laughs> all you're doing is confusing your own drivers. Yes. <laughs> it probably is like, oh, Ferrari are going on hards. We should go soft. Yeah. Yeah. What not to do? But yeah, Leclerc was solidly ahead of science pretty much for the weekend. But yeah, look, it's just a season to forget for Ferrari. They're not as bad as they were, say, in 2020, but they're nowhere near the front of the pack at all. So they're quite forgettable, not like in general, like they really are. They're not doing terribly. They're not doing great. It's very much like they're there. They're showing up. Yeah, for I wouldn't race. say they're forgettable because they do uh, provide a lot of comedy relief. True. True, but not as bad as last year. So like, yeah, they're not one extreme to the next as much. Those are usually forgettable team. Alpha Romeo were slightly Pretty less good. forgettable this week. Yeah, they yeah. had a, a solid weekend. Obviously, Joe, we, we touched on was very unfortunate at the start, but a bit of actual genuine pace. Everyone seemed to be surprised. Yeah. Including themselves. Jason, like we, we talked about their upgrades I think it might have been two races ago. I know that they didn't come into this race with any upgrades, but why is it suddenly this week that we're seeing them come into full force? Well, every team needs a bit of time to understand their upgrades. So okay. it's not just a case of slapping them on and it's like, oh, we go faster. They need to tune their setups and fine tune for it. Then there's just tracks that will naturally suit certain cars over others. Mm-hmm. Now, because we don't see that much of them on TV and not really paying that much attention to them anyway, I haven't been keeping tabs on say where would suit Alfa Romeo because you know it's not exactly a great conversation starter and yeah so it could be just multiple factors like that and then sometimes just drivers just just get on well on a track and yeah yeah, so yeah I I don't know if this is actually genuine pace coming back to them or if it's just kind of one one a flash in a pan but I suppose we'll find out comes spa but at least you know it's something positive for them because yeah they've been kind of languishing down low and like still obviously they got no points today but they were a lot closer to the action than they have been for a long time I think they've made solid improvements and I'm excited to see how they get on for the rest yeah. of the season me too then moving on to the other Alpha I guess which is Alpha Tari so we yeah we touched briefly on their race start obviously Ricardo had a bit of a shot and then something to do with Sonoda did he get caught up in that or maybe that was just the commentators no, getting mixed no, up I don't think so no, yeah, Crofty just mixed it up at the start. Okay, yeah, yeah. One thing that happened to Sunoda that seemed to happen to a few drivers on the pit stops is that his he had a slow pit stop because he had a sticky rear left wheel. It seemed, I think there might have been four or five drivers that kind of fell foul to that, but Sunoda, I just remember taking out like a 7.3. Yeah. Second pit stop is insanely slow, so it must Probably have been that Probably the higher wheel. temperature. Mm. That like it's just getting stuck on both runs of, of pit stops that the, the rear left was just causing a lot of issues. Yeah, the the tolerances on them, the, well, the tolerances all throughout the car, you know, as in you're down to the micron. So yeah, as in you're at very much at the upper level of the operating range for a lot of that equipment today. So, you know, when they drill it at ambient temperature and then it's almost twice that, yeah, you're going to probably have mm. some additional issues. What happened to Ricardo? He dropped down to 18th at one point. He made it that, back, obviously, but... That was from the crash in turn one. Oh, was right, sorry, yes. So he was kind of out of kilter then in terms of strategy. Plus, I assume he would have had a little bit of damage in the rear of that car. But he had a whopper final stint, 40 laps in the mediums, which is what kept yeah. him in 13. Because I was constantly waiting for him to tumble down and have Drop to go off, pit again. Yeah. But no amazing tyre management to get them them tyres 40 laps while still being competitive. He wasn't getting dropped, you know, by Bottas in front of him. So, yeah, I think if you're Danny Rick in that car, that's a nice... 
very good first race. Yeah, exactly. It kind of, you know, he, he nice from we got, introduction to the grid. Yeah, from the crash in turn one, there was kind of no expectations on him to do anything. So just got settled into the car nicely, got through a full, you know, that's basically a full race simulation for him now for going to Spa. So I think, you know, maybe not at Spa, but I, I would hope from after the summer break, we might start seeing what that car is actually about and then we can really start talking about how good or bad Tsunoda is mm-hmm. that will be an interesting conversation fun fact though Danny Ricciardo today matched De Vries's best finish stop nice <laughs> while getting spun out in turn one <laughs> <laughs> then it's just Mercedes and Williams so I suppose Williams were fairly what's the term williams yeah Invisible. absent yeah. yeah, Albon popped it, did pop up in fairness at eleventh, but he seemed to be him and Bottas had a good kind of scrap for the entirety of the the third stints, but they never really seemed to be challenging Stroll a huge pile. They honestly, I don't think came up at all on the TV. They did when Sergeant had to retire. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was obviously Sergeant's tires were fucked, and he locked up. Did he even lock up? He just spun. No, I yeah, I'm not convinced. I haven't seen anything from that after, but it sounded. The car sounded very rough, so I wonder if a gear failed or something like a clutch or some of the hydraulic components failed, and that's what might have led to the spin. Ah, and the subsequent DNF. The, uh, yeah, exactly. With one yeah. lap to go. Yeah. Now, not that he was winning any points, but still, I'd say that's that's like frustrating for Williams. Yeah. I yeah I don't know I, if he heard it or not yet. The car just sounded very, I'm going to say trampy because it's a term in cars, but it sounds bad in, in real life. Mm. But, uh, what does it mean? It has in kind of unbalanced across the axle, as in you're, you're not spinning. The, an issue between, say, with either the gearbox, the diff, or some of the drive shafts is what I kind of gathered. But because it was even where he spun was a very strange spot, like kind of mid turn. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll probably, I assume, find out over the next few days but we'll take your word for it for the moment and then mercedes is it so uh, probably actually not a bad weekend for them no for for george's side of the garage maybe it's you know it was a tale of but even then he done quite good to get back yeah exactly like a really really good drive on the sunday yeah and hamilton i look i look i don't think the pace was in that car to challenge the red bulls regardless yeah i think they both had a very good race for what they had like if you look at it I think they finished exactly where you would expect them to finish mm-hmm. if you didn't know how qualifying went. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And you did, like, Hamilton had come on the radio more than once expressing how surprised he was that the McLarens were so much faster, like, that they were picking up times insanely fast compared to Mercedes. Yeah, they pretty much, yeah, were just constantly dropping. Mm. Every, like, they, they, you know, even throughout that first in, I don't think, you know, it took a good few laps for Max to build up that kind of five to six second lead they were clinging on pretty well now Piastri obviously fell away completely at the end of the race but I think you know as in that was partially he knew he wasn't getting Hamilton so bring the car home sort of job Mm. but yeah Mercedes yeah just still seem to be in between I I don't know what to make them yet are they second fastest car or I wouldn't say so no yeah but they're consistently the team that are in that kind of the, the second to fifth position window they're the one team that's been there all year yeah I We've think they're going to finish Martin pop in and out yeah I think they're going to finish second in the constructors purely because of the difficulties McLaren faced at the start of the season and yeah. how Aston Martin have kind of dropped off it's as if they're one team playing two different teams at different stages yeah so just yeah. run down I suppose the 
constructor stand at the moment we obviously have red bull at 452 points mercedes then 223 and then yeah you have a, a nice side drop off from them to aston martin so aston martin around 184 then you ferrari on 167 and mclaren on 87 so yeah mclaren are obviously way too far i don't think they can cover that gap although we're not even halfway through the season so i think they would have to come second and third for them to like every race from now until the end for them to have a chance at a coming second and I like think Mercedes will need to lose out a lot of points as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the time has come to rate the race and put in our rankings. So just to go over our top races so far, we have Austria, Spain and Monaco in respective first, second and third places. So what do you guys think of the race? Where would you just put it? How would you just rate it overall? Uh, I think it was an okay race. I would probably put it around Canada. I'm not sure if it was better or worse than Canada. I feel like it was kind of similar it definitely wasn't as good as australia or miami no. but it was definitely better than Jeddah and baku yeah i'm actually trying to remember canada and i actually quite enjoyed canada i'm reading my notes here and from my memory it was quite actually an exciting race this race didn't feel as exciting to watch there were definitely some good points and some yeah. interesting notes um on team dynamics but i don't think it was as exciting as canada was so i would probably rate it just a bit lower maybe above Jeddah. so yeah. this is talking about seventh or eighth place maybe yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I think between Canada and Jeddah is probably exactly where it needs to sit. It's unanimous. Woo. I don't think we, we've ever had a unanimous. I was just about to say, it's very. I don't know if it's a good or bad sign for the race when we're all easily able to place it. Yeah. We have Spa next weekend. So obviously Spa will be, look, it's Max's favourite track. So I shudder to think of what might happen. I would love to see him, the Red Bull, just be like, yeah, Max, go for it for the entire race. Just see how much they could put out on the field. Yeah, I'd love that. Because, yeah, it's getting ludicrous at this point. But uh, <laughs> we'll be reviewing next weekend's Spa Grand Prix on the podcast, obviously, next Wednesday. But before that, we have our special event this Sunday. So in case you haven't been checking out our Instagram, we have yet another live watch party in the Lighthouse in Dunleary this Sunday, the 30th of July. Can't believe it's the end of July already. So obviously it's free to book. We'll be doing some competitions. We'll be doing grid bingo. We'll be doing a quiz after the race. And obviously there will be a live showing of the race on multiple screens in the Lighthouse in Dunleary. They have loads of really good like food packages and stuff. So it's a really great place to watch the race. The atmosphere last time was amazing. After the race then we'll be doing our lovely F1 quiz where there'll be lots of cool prizes to win. So make sure to book your place ahead of Sunday and you can either book one person or you can book a whole table with you and friends and so check out our Instagram for more information on that and we can't wait to see you there that'll be all from us this week folks thanks for tuning in we'll be back next Wednesday with our spa GP review if you've enjoyed the podcast be sure to give us a follow on Spotify Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen it really helps us out if you leave us a review there and make sure to tell your friends and family to give us a listen we're also on Instagram at did you watch the race all one word and while you're there be sure to check out Coley Illustrations who do all our lovely artwork and another reminder that we have our live F1 watch party event in the Lighthouse in Dunleary this Sunday the 30th of July So, thanks for listening. I've been Jason. I've been Colm. I've been Gemma. And we'll talk to you next Wednesday. Is that an alarm in my background? Yeah, I'll just power through. It's alright. Oh, fuckers. Anyway. Um...